October surprise, President Trump contracts the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Dem politicians not practicing what they preach. Enemies of pleasure have struck again in Berkeley, People's Republic of California. And baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Gibson passes away at 84. Bold Alpha is presented by New World from A.J. Fernandez. There's a new world for every palate, from the mild New World Connecticut to the medium-bodied New World Cameroon to the ultra-flavorful, bold New World Oscuro. AJFCigars.com by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Real. Connecticut rapper comes to Gurkha, mild, creamy, and smooth. GurkhaCigars.com. Greetings and salutations, Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male and Chief Front and Center from Command Center. Alpha, welcome to Bold Alpha, your home of Alpha Male lifestyle conversation and commentary. President Trump diagnosed yesterday with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. And of course, leave it to the members of the Libstream media to start conjecturing that the president couldn't protect us, and now he can't protect himself. And then we heard criticism, well, if President Trump wasn't so sick, why is he going to Walter Reed Hospital? Do you think for a moment the White House medical team, the presidential medical team, would in any way, shape, or form not use every available means to make sure the most powerful man in the world gets well speedily? I don't think they were going to take a chance because do you think for one millisecond that let's just say the president's condition got worse and then all of a sudden they would have to, on an emergency basis, take him to Walter Reed Hospital? Do you think that the, the media would say, well, the medical team did the right thing. They waited until transferring him. Hell no. They would blast the White House physician saying, well, you're incompetent. Why didn't you send him earlier? See, there's no winning. When it comes to President Trump, when it came to President Obama, no matter what he did, everything according to the Libstream media was wonderful, including if President Obama would have suggested a treatment of hydroxychloroquine, I assure you, every member of the Libstream media on Fake News CNN, on BSDNC, the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, I guarantee they would saying they would be saying President Obama is such a brilliant man. He's not just our commander in chief and a president. He has taken the time to do medical research, looking back at at journals, the Virology Journal from August of two thousand five, when the journal stated that hydroxychloroquine is effective for treating the H one N one virus, which is. 80 to 90% similar to the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, or the bullshit name that they've given it, the politically correct bullshit name, COVID-19. The Libstream media would be, 
would be enamored with President Obama. But when President Trump suggested it back in April, they jumped on him. And the fact of the matter is that hydroxychloroquine, in combination with zinc sulfate and amox- or, or, or azithromycin or doxycycline, has been proven to be, without question, an effective means of treating the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus if caught before the viral load explodes on day five or day six, before you need to get to the hospital, before you have respiratory issues. What is it about that cocktail, the Zelenko protocol, it is called here in the United States? After uh, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who used this very successfully early on to treat patients in, in uh, uh, one of the suburbs of New York City. What is it? Why is it so effective? Well, let's look at it three ways. The hydroxychloroquine is the gun. Zinc sulfate is the bullet. And azithromycin or doxycycline is the flak jacket or the body armor, if you will. So let's break it down. Um, uh, or, uh, hydroxychloroquine has been around for 70 years. If you take a look at all the research, and this isn't me making this this up, this is the research. Look at the rate of death in some African countries where malaria is a constant problem. And what do they do in those countries? Many of their citizens take what? Hydroxychloroquine. The death rate, for example, in Uganda, I think is like 24 people total. You look at other countries that have been prescribing hydroxychloroquine early on. The death rates have been far less. The recovery rates through the roof. This isn't something that is a surprise. And yet Dr. Anthony Phony Fauci says, well, we don't have a double randomized blind trial and so on and so forth. Cut the horseshit, please, Phony Fauci, you bastard. Everybody knows that hydroxychloroquine is safe. It is prescribed to pregnant women. It's been used for 70-plus years. And in combination with zinc sulfate that penetrates the virus cell, and then the azithromycin or doxycycline, which essentially protects from any secondary bacteria infection into the lungs, you have a very effective protocol. Now, I noticed that the White House physicians did use zinc. They've also put the president on vitamin D. They've also increased his vitamin D3, which they found has been very effective. But of course, right off the bat, remvesidir, $3,000 treatment. We're going to give the president remvesidir. We're going to give him the convalescent plasma. We're going to throw the whole fucking kitchen at the president. How about just looking and saying, geez, hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin or doxycycline works. Very interesting. I happen to be up in Buffalo with uh, part of the summer. And my mother had a doctor's appointment. So I said, you know what? I'll take your mom and I'll go in with you because there's a couple of questions that we had with her physician. Very prominent internal medicine physician in Buffalo. In fact, uh, he's part of a very large practice, multiple physician, large practice that sees a tremendous number of patients. And so we got talking, and he knew I was from Florida. And I, I don't know how we got into it, but we started talking about uh, the, the Wuhan virus. He mentioned, you know, COVID, and I said, you mean the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus? And he looked at me and he said, I like this guy. 
So we got talking, and I said, well, how do you treat it? He said, well, my preferential treatment right off the bat would be early on hydroxychloroquine, but I'm unable to prescribe it. We're sitting on 30,000 doses in western New York, and I can't prescribe it because Governor Cuomo, or as I like to refer to him as Kim Jong Cuomo, and the commissioner of the New York State Health Department will not allow prescriptions to be written of hydroxychloroquine to combat the Chinese Communist Wuhan virus. Why? One reason, politics. You got to remember, to the Democrats, the liberals, the Marxists in this country, the end justify the means. If more people die, but they can get their man elected, then so be it. They're more than happy to withhold life-saving treatment to American citizens and residents of various Dem-controlled states, as long as they can get the votes going their way. It is despicable. It is beyond... I, I really say this, that Dems are the, these, these Democrat politicians, these governors, Gretchen, Corella DeVille, Whitmer, Kim Jong, Cuomo, some of these other clowns, they are the lowest form of life on the planet, just a couple of notches above terrorists and, 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 and violent criminals and, and uh, uh, child molesters. But they're right in there. They're absolutely right in there. So when we got further talking, he said, what we're seeing now is that the virulence of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus is way lower than what we first saw. Interesting fact, he told me. He has not had a patient become intubated or be intubated since April, which I thought to be fascinating. He said we're seeing a much less virulent form. Clearly, the methods we know now how to treat it. We don't want that, uh, that, that, that inflammatory storm that goes on that can really wreak havoc with the body. So we're learning to treat it better. But he said, I'm telling you, hydroxychloroquine. And I told him, I said, well, let me just tell you that my personal physician and I had a discussion. And I have hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin that I carry with me, that I have carried with me since probably May, yeah, May, maybe late May, early June. And I'll give you a, an example of how that Zelenko protocol works. Good friend of mine, I tweeted this out yesterday. Very good friend of mine, 85 years old, prominent member, business member of the Tampa Bay business community. Happened to over... July 4th weekend, have, uh, have dinner at one of his neighbors. Didn't social distance, didn't practice any of the recommended things, which I think are important. Look, do I think wearing a mask at certain times is important? Sure. Do I think socially distancing is important? Sure. Take these precautions. Absolutely. That doesn't mean stop living your life, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So he gets a call about five days later from his neighbor saying, I got bad news for you. Uh, my wife and I tested positive for the coronavirus, the Wuhan virus. So he immediately goes to get tested. Now, that was before there was a 7 to 10 day testing backlog because we had a big spike in Florida earlier this summer, which has subsided dramatically. Gets tested, gets the results back, I think, in 24 hours. And sure enough, he is diagnosed as Wuhan virus positive, his wife negative. So his doctor says, well, let's just watch things. Now, me, I would have immediately begun the Zelenko protocol, but he was not aware of it at the time. So 
About a day or two later, he starts to get the symptoms similar to what President Trump was experiencing. Starts to get the fever, gets a little cough, the sore throat, very fatigued. His doctor prescribes him a steroid. That's it, a steroid. He gets worse. Now it's the third day. We have a mutual friend. He calls me. I said, listen, I'm not a doctor. I would not tell you what to do. I will simply provide you with scientific evidence and research in the form of numerous videos as well as research studies from across the world in terms of physicians in the real world that are actually seeing cases of the CCP Wuhan virus that are treating patients on the front line, not like bureaucrat Anthony Phony Fauci, who hasn't seen a patient in, I don't know, 40 years, 50 years, who the hell knows? He sits in an office. He's a bureaucrat. He doesn't see patients on the front line. He may wear a lab coat now and then for an official picture, but he hasn't been on the front lines treating patients at any time during this crisis or any time during the last 40 years. I want the guys that are on the front line. I don't want the guys sitting in a bureaucratic office in Washington, D.C. So I sent him the info. He then calls his physician, tells his physician this, and says, look, I'm not asking. This is what I want. Hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin. His physician says, look, that's not how I treat it or how we're treating it here. However, if that's what you want, I will write the prescription. Fine. Writes the prescription. His wife fills it that night, takes the first dose that evening. Next day, starts to feel a little better. Takes another dose the next night, about uh, 6 o'clock. And within a few more hours, he feels great. Gets up the next morning. He tells his wife, I want to go to the office. His wife says, no chance. You're going to stay here and recover. Within maybe a few more hours, feels great. Symptoms are gone. Fatigue is gone. Cough is gone. Sore throat is gone. Everything back to normal. 85 years old. Within five days, he's back to playing tennis. Tests negatively. Wuhan virus gone. Is it magic? No. This is what physicians are seeing. But yet, when physicians in certain states would like to prescribe this, they're, giving, they're given the nyet, nada, no chance, not happening. In fact, a number of physicians I know in those states have said, I have told people, if you have family members in other states, try to obtain it that way. And that's what they are doing. It really is outrageous that we have governors with no medical background who are using politics in lieu of saving lives with a simple, effective, cheap treatment. What's the cost? Well, when I got that three-drug regimen, my insurance covered 100%. There was zero copay whatsoever. So I asked the pharmacist, they said, just out of curiosity, if I walked in here as a cash patient, how much would I pay for each of these particular medications? Now, it's, I think, 400 milligrams. uh, I think it's 200 milligrams twice a day on the hydroxychloroquine. So I think it's 10 pills. The azithromycin, I think, is is one pill a day. It's not a Z-pack, azithromycin. And the zinc sulfate is, I think it's one or two a day. I'd have to take a look. I've got it written down. She said, let's see, let me add it up here. Uh, total would be uh, $2,250. $2,250. Remvesidir, $3,000. 
The convalescent plasma, who the hell knows how many thousands of dollars that costs. We have a, a, a very effective, inexpensive method right in front of us. So President Trump, taken to Walter Reed, no problem. I have no issue with that whatsoever. He's the president of the United States. You're, I, I always say, better to be safe than sorry. You can monitor him better. Now, for most people, they'd probably recover, and then if they started feeling worse, they would call their physician. But again, as we know, treat it early. In fact, should I? And I'm, I should say this. Am I afraid of contracting the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus? No. Do I want to contract it? No. Am I trying to use all mitigation to avoid contracting it? Yes. Am I going to stay in the Pleasure Palace or in Command Center Alpha and never leave for the next year? No. That's not realistic. And it was not realistic for President Trump to stay in a very secluded bubble. Now, he is in a bubble already, a security bubble. And everybody at the White House gets tested every day. You see the president, you get tested. He gets tested. So if the most tested place in America, people can get it and can't prevent it, it essentially says, look, there's a high probability that no matter what you do, this virus is contagious, you may get it. But let's put things in perspective. We're talking about right now, the population of the United States is what, 335 million? There's been 2 million people that have tested positive. Now, here's what's interesting. I was uh, listening to one of the physicians yesterday who said that they believe the World Health Organization came out, and again, you got to treat everything they say with a grain of salt. However, they think that roughly 10% of the world's population in every country may have had it and been asymptomatic. Now think about that for a second. So you're saying we may have had 330, we have 335 million people. If you say 10% may have contracted it total, including the symptomatic and asymptomatic people, that would be, let's just say 30 million people, 33 million people. Let's keep it at 30 million people. We've had 200,000 deaths. Is one too many? Sure. As we've learned, many of the deaths came early on from people that were in nursing homes. Governor Cuomo, Kim Jong Cuomo, who has the audacity to say, oh no, I sleep well at night, I did everything I could do. Bullshit. He's a liar. Total sack of shit liar. We know that early on, the deaths were far greater than they are today. Number of reasons. Number one, you don't expose the elderly population and nursing home population to the virus. Number two, we treat it better. And one of the ways we can treat it is the Zelenko protocol. But again, it's become a political football. It is nonsense. So if we take a look, the death rate, 200,000 divided by the entire population, it is nil. Now, every year we have, what, 30,000 people that die of the flu? And yet, we don't quarantine anybody. People continue going about their business. Do we take a flu shot? Sure. Is it 100% effective? No. I found that the, I just read something that they believe that a vaccine for a virus is effective if it hits a 50% threshold. Now, there are other vi- uh, vaccines that we take, for example, for polio, which is 100%, nearly 100% effective. Other vaccines that have had tremendous success. But the, you got to remember, the common cold is a coronavirus. People forget that. The common cold that you get, you get the sniffles, you get a cough, 
you start sneezing, you feel a little achy. The common cold is a coronavirus. So do we say, let's just stop everything and live in a bubble like sleepy Joe Biden has? I think the answer is no. Now, do people, I believe, look at a president and say, hey, here's a pre- do we want a president that says, I'm never leaving the White House, I'm not going out, you, the American people, are on your own? No. The president has said, look, we're going to battle this thing. There's only so much you can do. They've moved heaven and earth with, uh, to get these vaccines in testing, created in testing. They stocked up on the ventilators. They moved the ships to where they needed in New York and California. And, of course, they weren't used in New York and California. But the president has done, would I say, a great job? In many respects, yes. In some areas, no. You've got to remember one thing. When somebody presents, when you've got an economy that is absolutely humming, and your advisors come and say, look, President Trump, this could, this could wipe out. We may have to close the country. I don't care who the president is, whether it's Obama, whether it's Biden, whether it is George Washington or President Trump. Do you think a president wants to say, oh, great, let's just automatically close everything down? That's a tough pill to swallow. And don't believe the numbers from China. We hear, oh, China did a magnificent job. Only 90,000 people in China contracted it. Bullshit. China, communist China, lie through their teeth every single day, thousands of times a day. And for any Libstream media reporter or the World Health Organization to report the Chinese numbers as fact, they are dumber than they look. Nobody believes with a half a brain believes any numbers coming out of China. So President Trump, no president wants to be told, okay, you got to shut everything down. Nobody wants to do that. So right now, we see that the most tested group of people in the country, people that work in the White House, that, that interact with the White House or the president, they've all been tested. Now, I do find it rather interesting that yesterday was a very unique day. It wasn't just any day in China. Yesterday was National Day of the People's Republic of China. It is observed every October 1st. It is a public holiday known that, that com- uh, starts seven days of commemoration known as Golden Week. The, it commemorates the founding of the Communist People's Republic of China, October 1, 1949, celebrating the forming of the Central People's Government that uh, took place under the country's first chairman, Mao Zedong, another commie pinko rat bastard son of a bitch, was responsible for millions and millions of people dying, didn't care about his own people. Now, am I a conspiracy theorist? No, I'm just simply saying it's kind of seems coincidental that October 1st, National Day of the People's Republic of China, all of a sudden all these people start coming up with positive tests. The president, Senator Mike Lee, Ron Johnson this morning, Kellyanne Conway, the chairman of the chairwoman of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, many others, the, the chairman of the Trump campaign just seems a little bit too coincidental to me. Not a conspiracy theory. I'm not throwing anything out there. I'm just simply saying seems a little fishy. I've talked to other people that have said the exact same thing. 
seems just a little bit on the fishy side. So when you think about China, don't believe a word that they say. Remember, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus is a man-made virus. It is a biohazard weapon, whether released accidentally or purposefully. It was released from the Level 4 lab in Wuhan, China. Now, there's something called gain-of-function research. It has been totally ruled illegal in the United States, and that is where lab scientists take known viruses and manipulate them to see what will work against them, what don't. Very, very dangerous, because you could take a natural virus and you could turn it into a super virus. I believe that's what the CCP Wuhan virus is. It is a super virus that was released, whether or not on purpose, whether or not accidentally, it was released. Forget the, the, the wet market bullshit you're hearing. Everybody knows that's not the truth. Everybody. Very, very strange that many in the Libstream media don't want to report that, even though one of the highly regarded lab scientists from Hong Kong, who's done research, who defected from Hong Kong, is now in the United States, came loaded with uh, massive amounts of info, basically came out with a paper saying, here's exactly why it was a man-made virus. Gave the facts. Of course, she was immediately shut down on Twitter because we know you can't offend the Chinese. When will people start standing up to these Chinese communist bastard pricks? And I hear these congressmen and senators of the Dems saying, oh, Russia, 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 wake the fuck up, you morons. It's not Russia, it's China. Wake up. You are letting America be terrorized by a communist country enemy. And remember one thing about Russia. Everyone's like, oh, Russia. Do you know that the GDP, the economy of Russia, is the size of California? One state in the United States. So please... Let's start, let's stop over-dramatizing that Russia's so, such a tough enemy. It's China. It's the obvious. But again, the Dems have the blinders on. I did find it rather interesting that yesterday, the Chinese Daily Global Times, which is a mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist Party, had an uh, interesting statement that they made early on after President Trump was diagnosed with uh, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Hugh Shishin, the editor of the Chinese Communist Party mouthpiece Global Times, said, and I quote, President Trump and the First Lady have paid the price for his gamble to play down the COVID-19. The news shows the severity of the U.S.'s pandemic situation. It will impose a negative impact on the image of Trump and the U.S. and may also negatively affect his re-election. Do you see who China, the Communist Party, wants to elect? They want China Joe Biden. They want a weakling in the Oval Office. They don't want somebody that for the first time in 50 years has stood up to China and called out those motherfucker bastards. They want to keep the trade deficit. They want to keep screwing our American companies and stealing our technology. They want to build up their their military. And who's allowing it? 
Every president, Democrat, Republican, before Trump for the last 50 years has been complicit. And so was China Joe Biden. There is very good reason why China wants Biden to be president and not Trump. First president that actually told China to shove it. And we're going to take him on. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't like that. That's how they react to any government or any elected official across the world that stands up to them. They're bullies. Screw them. Screw them. As Joe Biden say, look, man, we're the United States of America. We can do anything, including telling China to shut the fuck up and telling China to stick it. And how, how, what I'd like to see our American companies say to China, you know what? We're sick and tired of you stealing our technology. We're sick and tired of your mistreatment of your own people. We're tired of you sending Uyghurs over a million to concentration and work camps. Enough's enough. We're pulling out. I'd like to see the NBA with a set of balls say, we're pulling out of China. Yes, it's going to be a financial hit, but we stand for something bigger. It's amazing. They all jumping down for equality and Black Lives Matter. Yet when it comes to Uyghur lives in China or the Chinese citizens, they continue to kowtow to the Chinese Communist Party. It is shameful. It is disgusting. It is repulsive. Now, I got another kick that President Xi Jinping released a statement saying, My wife, Peng Liuan, and I express our sympathies to you and your wife and wish you a fast recovery. Hope they both have a speedy recovery and will be fine. Does anybody really believe that? China is the enemy. Xi Jinping is the enemy. Do not, for one second, believe that China wishes the United States, the president, or first lady well. No chance. Now, I believe President Trump will recover. I believe President Trump will then be a model for the rest of the country where people will look and say, listen, 74-year-old guy, the president, who maintains a vigorous schedule, he gets it. Now, granted, he was treated with the entire kitchen sink. And who knows? Maybe it does come out that he was treated with hydroxychloroquine. We don't know. Maybe we'll find out down the road that he was. Hope he was. But it just shows, I, I believe it will show the rest of this country, hey, listen, yeah, no matter what you do, you can get it. If you get it, take precautions early on, start a treatment. I've talked about the Zelenko protocol. Do a Google search, do a Bing search, do a Yahoo search, do a DuckDuckGo search, do your own research. That's what the Libstream media doesn't want you to do. They want you to believe as fact everything they spew. Don't. Do your own research. And when you look at the research, you'll say, wait a minute, what the hell? In fact, the physician of the 85-year-old friend of mine said, after he called his friend and patient, how you feeling? His patient said, I feel great. Within a day and a half, all the symptoms are gone. Feel great. Back to playing tennis. His physician couldn't believe it. He said, I- I'm shocked. I'm, in a- I'm just amazed. And he said that he felt as if he was being lied to by the bureaucrats in Washington about the form of treatment involving hydroxychloroquine. You think? So, President Trump, we wish a full and speedy recovery. Let's get him back out on the campaign trail. And uh, look, at this point in time, when I see Democrats, ultra-libs, these uh, Hollywood uh, types 
wishing ill on the president. It just shows you really what Democrats are all about, what the left, the ultra-liberals are all about. They're real, really sack of shit scumbags, any way you look at it. Look, I was not a President Obama fan. There was no hiding the, the fact that I disagreed with his policies. I didn't wish the man or his family ill. I didn't like him. I didn't like his policies. I didn't think he was good for America. But if he contracted some sort of disease or if he contracted or, or required surgery, I wouldn't say, oh, great, let's hope he dies on the table. I'd say, I wish him a speedy recovery. Because that's the polite thing and the common sense thing to do. But these ultra-leftists and these Hollywood types, they are despicable. They have no manners. They deep down hate themselves. And this is why they must lash out at the deplorables. Because... It's not enough today that you say, look, I disagree with you. We'll engage in healthy debate. No. Now you have to wish them ill. You hope they croak. You hope they die. You, you, I mean, just it is crazy what we are seeing. And the toxicity on social media is beyond unbelievable. And now it's very simple. When I start getting uh, toxic messages from people who, look, I have no problem if somebody wants to criticize me. If I make a statement on social media, on Twitter or Parler or Facebook, I don't have a problem with it. But when people get to the realm of being unbelievably rude, negative, wishing ill, at that point, it's real simple. I block the sons of bitches. And that's what you should do. Just ignore them. So President Trump, we wish you a full and speedy recovery. Get out of Walter Reed, back to the White House, back on the campaign trail. Make America great Again, and I'll tell you a cigar that doesn't need to be made great again because it already is great. I'm talking about the New World series of cigars from AJ Fernandez. They have a New World for every taste palette. If you want a mild, creamy, slightly sweet cigar, the New World Connecticut is absolutely for you. If you want something that's got a little bit more heft, a little bit more flavor, more on the medium bodied side with a little bit of Cameroon spiciness, You definitely want to enjoy the New World Cameroon. And that's a tough wrapper to get a hold of. It is not easy to get that wrapper and work with it. Expensive, very difficult. But A.J. Fernandez has done it. And if you want a cigar that's ultra-flavorful, that delivers medium-to-full-bodied, elegant taste, the New World Oscuro. All of those cigars have a... Each one of those is unique, has a different flavor profile. So if you want mild, New World Connecticut, you want medium, New World Cameroon, you want full, the New World Oscuro, available, or or not available, available to all retailers, but check out more information at AJFCigars.com. Dem politicians not practicing what they preach. Are you surprised? Does anything about Dems being disingenuous surprise you? These are the people saying you've got to wear masks all the time. You can't eat. You, you can't go out to dinner. You can't go to your, your uh, second home, your, your lake house, your fishing house. You can't do this. You can't do that. They're the ones saying to you, you can't and shouldn't drive SUVs because you are polluting the environment with all that carbon emission. You shouldn't be using your air conditioning set to 68 degrees because you're using too much energy. You should be taking more, you shouldn't, you just should take more effort to reduce your carbon footprint. Yet these are the same bastards 
that are, number one, flying around in private planes, which I have no problem. I'm all for it. These are the same ones in motorcades of 10 cars. These are the same people that live in 20,000 square foot homes using more electricity than, you know, one home will in the next 50 years. But it's always do as I say, not as I do. And I have two examples. Senator Dianne Feinstein, who I believe now is, what, 90 years of age? Wait, let me, let me just check this. Dianne Feinstein. Let, let me look this up real quickly here. Because there should absolutely be term limits. Dianne Feinstein is 87. Now, I really believe that there's a time for you to serve and a time for you to go. It's time, Diane. It's over. Leave. Well, she was seen coming in on... Now, you've got to remember, she's very wealthy. She and her husband, very wealthy. She was coming into one of the private plane terminals at Dulles International Airport. So, obviously, using either a net jet or maybe she's her family has a jet, don't know. And I have nothing wrong with that. No problem. I'm all for private air transportation. Being a pilot myself, no problem with it. However, she is seen photographed with a pilot who is basically wheeling her bag. There are some bags that she had. He's wearing a mask. Senator Dianne Feinstein, not wearing a mask. Hmm. She was the one in June who urged the FAA and the Federal Transit Administration to require all employees and passengers to wear masks while in airplanes or while uh, in airports, on planes, and when taking mass transportation. Hmm. So it's okay for every other American and required for every other American to wear a mask, but when it comes to Diane Feinstein, Senator from the People's Republic of California, no problem. You don't have to wear it. Sounds like what Pelosi did. No haircuts, no going to the salon for anyone, except me, of course. It's the same bullshit hypocrisy that Americans are tired of. And that's why I tell people, when a public official tells you to do something, ignore them, screw them. I got another example. The county executive of Erie County, New York, which is the county in which Buffalo resides, my hometown of Buffalo, there is the county executive, Mark Polencars, or as I call him, Mark Putz, Absolute enemy of pleasure, absolute ultra-leftist lib. He is uh, just on the same team as Kim Jong Cuomo. Wants restrictions, doesn't want people going out, with the exception of himself. The county controller of Erie County, Stefan Mahailu, happened to board an elevator in the county office building and was not wearing a mask. Poland Putz heard about it, had security pull the security footage, and then made a big deal about it and had public, uh, had human resources contact him. Of course, they made sure they contacted the press. Made a big deal because he wasn't wearing a mask in an elevator. Okay. So you'd think that Mark Poland Putz the county executive of Erie County, New York, at every opportunity would be wearing his mask because he wagged his fingers at others that didn't. He's been telling everybody, wear the mask. You need to practice separation. Fine. But when it comes to him, do as I say, not as I do. We have the photographic evidence. And you can replicate this, what this took place with this putz 
in Buffalo, across the country, do I guarantee you Democrats in Michigan, Minnesota, California, Washington State, Oregon, you name it, they're all over the place. In a social media post, he was playing golf at uh, the South Park Golf Club in the southern, in South Buffalo. He announced that his team won the South Buffalo Cup last Saturday, one week ago. There were 17 happy teammates who were together in the picture, including County Executive Mark Polenputz. How many of them were wearing masks, you ask? Well, I happen to have the picture right here. Not one. Zero. Including Mark Polenputz. No masks. No social distancing. They're all bunched tight together for the picture. But wait, as Ron Popeil would say, there's more. One of the edicts that Mark Polenputz has been pushing down everybody, is saying don't eat communal food because people's hands can get on it. You can spread the disease. Of course, he's been thrilled to keep restaurants shuttered, businesses closed, livelihoods destroyed. Yet what was in front of the 17 members of his championship golf team who were taking pictures without masks, all bunched together, not practicing social distancing? There was several pizzas Pizzas that had already been, some of them, some of them have already been eaten already. Aha. Uh-huh. And as Stefan Mihailu tweeted, I don't want to hear Mark Polenkars criticizing anyone not wearing a mask, not social distancing, and not eating communal food. His health department would shut down a business for this. Hypocrite. Do as I say, not as I do. I didn't even need security camera footage to post because Polenputz and his teammates Posted it all on social media. Dumb fuck. But it just goes to show you exactly what we are seeing from elected Dem officials. Do as I say, not as I do. It is frankly beyond annoying, beyond aggravating. It is repulsive. And I'll tell you what else is repulsive. The city of Berkeley, People's Republic of California, the first city in the United States now to ban junk food in checkout lines. Leave it to the People's Republic of California. It never ends with them. And if you think they're going to stop with banning food in the checkout lanes, just wait till they hit the meat counter, until they hit the, the liquor stores. It's just a matter of time. It is called incrementalism. And we have seen this before. So Berkeley... In the People's Republic of California, uber-liberal leftist city, first city in the nation to ban junk food from the checkout lines in grocery stores. Do you think they're going to be the only city now that is going to do this? It is going to be emulated everywhere. In a unanimous vote Tuesday night, the Berkeley City Council passed the Healthy Checkout Ordinance. Everything, I love these, the names of these. The Healthy Kids Ordinance. The Healthy Checkout. The We Want to Make You Healthy Ordinance. It never ends. This isn't about health. This is about government control. The same thing we have seen from all these governors and Dem states, it is all about control. What did they tell us early on? And what did phony Fauci say? Look, we need to shut the country down first for two weeks. 
We need to make sure that we don't get these hot spots in a situation where we have so many people jamming the hospitals. So we need to slow things down. We need to make sure we don't have a backlog in the hospitals. And what did we hear? Bend the curve. That was the first time we heard we need to bend the curve. Once we bend the curve, fine. We don't anticipate for this to be very long. Two weeks. Then what happened two weeks later? We need to implement and continue these guidelines, shutting things down for another three weeks. And everybody, you know, went for it hook, line, and sinker. And I was at the time because I felt, look, okay, that makes sense. Why? Because they said if we go through this period of five weeks, we'll bite the bullet, we will bend the curve, we'll get the positivity rate below 5%, and we'll go back to normal. That's how they sold it to us. That's how phony Fauci and all the bureaucrats sold it to us. Well, what happened? After five weeks, they said, well, we need to continue. Even though the curve started bending in New York State, Cuomo didn't open up restaurants. Cuomo kept businesses closed. Cuomo screwed the, basically destroyed the crumbling empire state's economy. Look at every other state, Michigan. Every other Dem-controlled state, same thing. Except, of course, we're talking about hypocrites. Governor Gretchen Cruella DeVille Whitmer saying that people couldn't even go to their cabins or their second homes. And yet, she wouldn't, when spring came around, wouldn't allow, uh, wouldn't allow boats to be launched. Said, you can't launch boats. We don't want people on the waters. Except her husband called up the marina and said, look, can you put my boat in the water? And they said, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And he said, well, can't you just you know, do a special you know, favor for me? So here's the governor's husband who knows full well that every other Michigander cannot get their boat launched into the water, saying, well, I'm special. So again, do as I say, not as I do. Put my boat in. And the marina said no. And then, of course, once it became public and the media and the, the entire uh, uh, Michigan population went bananas over it, she said, oh, no, it was just a joke. He was just kidding. No, it wasn't. It was not a joke. Everyone knows it. Because, again, they feel entitled. They are special. You are the plebes. You are the minions. We're the elected government officials. We're special. We get special dispensation for, for the way we can live our lives during this pandemic. Screw them. But this is what we are seeing. And we're seeing now what I say it's called incrementalism. So at first, they came to us and said, no, we just need to bend the curve. We're closed for five weeks. And then what happened? Well, now what we need to do is we need to shut more things down. We need to shut restaurants. We can't open them up. We need to do all these things. And they incrementally kept putting on more and more restrictions until they essentially choked the economy. And the same thing is happening in Berkeley. I remind you of the smoking ban. And I talked about this on our Brother Cigar Dave show 20 years ago. California came out and said, look, we want to eliminate smoking in public buildings. No smoking in public buildings. And everyone said, okay, fine. Yeah, that makes sense. No restaurants. No problem. Even in bars. Okay. But you could still smoke outside. So what happened? Bars and restaurants spent millions of dollars. I mean, hundreds of millions across the state to create smoke-friendly patios. Not just for cigarette smokers, but people that wanted to enjoy a cigar. And everybody was fine with it for a couple of years. The restaurants were happy. Diners that wanted to eat outside, they said, look, if you want to eat outside, we have a section outside that is non-smoking. However, there may be smoke 
in the air. And most people said, yeah, no problem. We're outside. No big deal. Incrementalism. The enemies of pleasure weren't satisfied. Once they got their foot in the door like a little cockroach, they then said, ah, now that we've got our foot in the door and we've basically eliminated smoking indoors, now let's move to eliminating smoking outdoors, on patios, on city sidewalks, on the beach, on golf courses, anything with municipal property or even private property, boom, we're going after. Incrementalism. And I said all along, you better be careful because no matter what they do, they'll come in and say, look, all we want to do is just eliminate this particular type of emission or we want to just reduce emissions just a little bit. It's never a little bit. Once they get in the door, they will knock the door down until you, they have absolute blatant state control of your entire life. And the same thing is happening again in Berkeley. Berkeley was the first city, I believe, in the country to tax sugar-sweetened drinks. And what did they say? No, we just want to put the tax in that will help people get healthy. We want to just help Californians and people in Berkeley get healthy. And I said at the time, don't believe them. They're full of bullshit. It is never one move. They are looking at a chessboard. There are already two moves in the future. And the next move has already been made on that giant chessboard by the enemies of pleasure, by the food police. Berkeley, the first city in the nation to ban junk food from the checkout line in grocery stores. Unanimous vote, pass the healthy checkout ordinance. Starting March of next year, large grocery stores in Berkeley will be prohibited from selling food and beverages deemed unhealthy in a three-foot radius from the checkout. Now, who deems them unhealthy? Of course, it's going to be the bureaucrats. Co-sponsor of the ordinance, council member Kate Harrison, said it's not really a ban, it's a nudge. See, I like how they, they disguise that. That's, it's not a ban, it's, 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 we're just nudging people. We're just going to move it past three feet. So if you want to have it past three feet, no problem. How many of you believe for a millisecond that in another year, they're going to come back and say, well, you know, it's worked so well now that we moved it three feet, now we just want to move it out of the store totally. If you don't think that's going to happen, you're smoking crack. It will happen. She goes on to say, what we've discovered is that this new law enforces good behavior economics and facilitates better choices. See how they, this, this law enforces good behavior. It's all about your behavior. Behavior that a small group of elected bureaucrats, ultra-liberal Democrats, and in many cases, some Republicans, they're guilty too. It's all about State control of your life and your life's decision. What you eat, where you go, how you live your life. It's always about the children. It's always about your health. The ban eliminates items that contain more than 5 grams of added sugars or over 250 milligrams of sodium per serving. So items like chips, candy bars, soda, other processed foods will be replaced with healthier alternatives, such as pita chips, hummus, health bars, and milk. Again, this should be your decision, what you want to eat. It should be somebody else's decision. It's all about you deciding how you would like to live your life. It shouldn't be illegal to enjoy potato chips or soda. Now, I haven't had sugar-flavored soda in 
30 years. In fact, I cut out even diet sodas about four years ago. I have water. I use lemon in my water. I'll use a little Zevia, which is a Stevia-flavored soft drink. But what I'll do is I'll just take a little bit and put it in my water just to get a little flavor. But I haven't used anything with NutraSweet, Aspartame, any of those artificial sweeteners. I just have not done it. I didn't need a law to tell me that. I did that on my own. The city of Berkeley had a, came out with a press release saying the new policy cited a national study which found that 91% of supermarkets display candy at checkout, along with 85% that sell soda and other sugary drinks by the checkout area. Ooh, that's just terrible. Wow, they needed a study to figure that one out? I don't know how much they paid for that national study, but all you need to do is go into any supermarket and you see that. So here's what they say. Rather than remove the unhealthy items entirely, they're, and I use quotes here, displacing them from where customers are more likely to make impulsive purchase decisions. It's funny. The last 40 times I've gone through the supermarket checkout aisle, there's candy and gum uh, right next to the check. I mean, right as you're going along, on the right side, there's gum, there's chocolate, there's candy, and on the left, there's all these these uh, magazines. There's uh, Us Daily, there's People, there's the National Enquirer, the Globe. I've never, ever bought one of those tabloids or any other magazines in the checkout counter. And the last time I bought gum was probably maybe two months ago. So that's I've probably been to the supermarket at least 20 times, 25 times since then. So why all of a sudden should it be illegal for you if you want to freshen your breath with some Tic Tacs or some gum? It's now all of a sudden illegal. Please, enough's enough. And even, the, I get a kick out of this, the council members are saying, it's good for business. They'll make more money because healthy food costs more than junk food. Well, that's true. But please, stop telling businesses and supermarkets what to do. Remember the term incrementalism. If you think the city of Berkeley or any other city, county, or state is done with interfering in the choices you make in your life, you better think again. And I'll tell you a choice that I highly suggest if you like cigars that have a nice medium to full-bodied taste, the new Camacho Nicaragua Forged in Fire Some things just can't be tamed. The new Camacho Nicaragua, full frontal flavors. Sweet, spicy, uh, very oaky flavors, part of which come from volcanic soil, from the volcanic island of Ometepe in Nicaragua, where some of the filler in the new Camacho Nicaragua originates from. Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, Honduran, Dominican, and that Nicaraguan Ometepe flavor delivers nice notes of pepper, nice notes of oak, subtle sweetness, very nice cigar on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of strength. I think the uh, Camacho Nicaraguan I've had probably a half dozen so far, definitely in that 6 to 7 category. Very pleasant cigar, now available on your retailers uh, or tobacconist shelves, the Camacho Nicaragua, or available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Finally, sad note, Hall of Fame baseball pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, Bob Gibson, passed away at the age of 84 yesterday. He was known as uh, one of the guys that had a very high inside fastball, set incredible records in numerous World Series. 
He was the National League's most valuable player and Cy Young Award winner. It's best pitcher in 1968. He won 22 games, struck out 268 batters, pitched 13 shutouts, an ERA of 1.12. A uh, well-known baseball player. And I remember growing up as a kid, we didn't have all the cable networks. So the game that you would watch would be on NBC, the Major League Baseball Game of the Week. And it would be with uh, usually Kurt Gowdy and Joe Garagiola. And you'd watch that game. And in those days, St. Louis was featured on a regular basis because they were a powerhouse. And I thought Bob Gibson was the man. So much so that my first baseball mitt that I ever had, I think it was maybe, I don't know, 10 years old, something like that, 9, 10 years old, was a Spalding Bob Gibson mitt. And it's amazing because I could still picture it. And I went online and I found some pictures of it. And it looks so different than the baseball mitts of today. But I remember oiling it up and wrapping it in in string to make sure I could get that nice loose feel to it. But it had Bob Gibson written right on the very pinky where you put your pinky in on that particular um, part of the glove. Big, big autograph, and I remember telling everybody, hey, I got a Bob Gibson glove. So, I mean, this this makes you like Superman. He was a great pitcher. He uh, was diagnosed with uh, cancer in the early part of the summer. Incredible pitcher, well-respected. He coached on numerous teams, uh, along with Joe Torre. When he was manager, Joe Torre of, uh, I think, Atlanta and St. Louis brought him a- a- aboard. So rest in peace to the great Bob Gibson, the feared flamethrower, for the St. Louis Cardinals passed away at the age of 84. And watching some of his highlights, really, you you think of some of the pitchers back then, Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson. It just seemed that baseball, to me, you didn't have as many teams. You had that Major League Baseball game of the week. So when you saw these players, you really got to know them, I think, uh, far better than you do today because they were highlighted and they featured the best games uh, across the country or in the in Major League Baseball. So Bob Gibson, rest in peace. That does it for this edition of Bold Alpha. Several reminders. Make sure you subscribe to Bold Alpha. Give us a five-star review. And also uh, check out our sister correction. I always say sister. It's our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast, where we talk about everything related to the world of being a cigar connoisseur. Just do a search for Cigar Dave in your podcast uh, app or uh, do a search for Cigar Day podcast and make sure you subscribe to that as well. And one final note that if you want to get into cigars or you are a cigar connoisseur, be sure to join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month you get three cigars, great cigars shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Ziploc pouch, the latest and greatest in cigars. Sometimes we feature limited cigars. For example, in October, we're going to feature the... uh, Uh, The Gurkha Legend, which is a very, very unique cigar, limited, no longer manufactured. I was able to find uh, several boxes while I was down at Gurkha headquarters three months ago. So if you want some great cigars, want more information, go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. Gets you fantastic cigars shipped to you each and every month. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, alpha male-in-chief. Until the next episode and edition of Bold Alpha, enjoy the alpha male lifestyle, and we will continue delivering unabashed alpha male commentary without any fear of reprisal, including going after the Chinese communist pinko bastards. (laughs) 